When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. edition of Bucky's fifth podcast as always Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics on today's show we've got plenty to get to as the batters get into their second full week of fall camp so I'll get you updated on everything going on over there we've got some offensive updates some defensive updates a little bit of everything kind of position by position to get you guys rolling closer and closer to the season opener we're just days away now it's right around the corner and uh, the opener against Illinois State will be here before we know it so i've got some other updates to get to you uh, as well but we'll mostly spend a lot of our time talking about what's going on in the camp because that's kind of the big storylines for wisconsin uh, football right now after that we're going to start into our position previews so just to give you guys kind of a rundown and update on the schedule today we're going to take a little i'll do a little preview of the special teams room um, next week we will have a preview on the offense on probably on Tuesday next week on Thursday the episode will come out and will likely be a preview on the defense so we'll run kind of a preview at all the positions um, to get you guys ready and then the following week on Tuesday or excuse me the following week on Monday we'll have a Big Ten preview college football preview predictions that um, we're going to have hopefully some writers from the rest of our B5Q staff kind of do it if you're familiar with the website um, sort of in a roundtable format, um, and we might have some other guests on there to talk about Big Ten football. Plenty of teams to talk about, plenty of teams kind of in the mix, especially over in the West Division, maybe not so much in the East, but plenty to get to uh, over there. So we'll have our annual prediction pod, the whole nine yards with that, um, that following Monday. And then the following Wednesday will be our usual game prep. We'll talk about the contest upcoming with Illinois State, We'll likely have a correspondent from someone that covers the Illinois State Redbirds on, similar to what we've had over the last few few football seasons. We do not have an SB Nation sister site with FCS Illinois State, but I I think there are some uh, reporters and and stuff that I've chatted with a little bit that should be able to kind of give us an idea of what is going on at Illinois Illinois State football. So exciting times. This will likely be the last week of just one podcast, um, barring, you know, crazy busyness, but... Once we get into the season, we've got some things changing and in the works where we'll still, I think, likely have two episodes a week, which is really exciting because uh, I, I know you guys that listen to this really enjoy the podcast. I enjoy doing it. It's just more so a matter of time, but I think we've got a little bit of that figured out and uh, we should hopefully be able to keep this thing rolling um, and keep it growing uh, because you know we've talked about it before on the show, but this is really a podcast that's 
really taken off since Matt and I started doing it, and we'd like to keep seeing that success going. And, and hopefully, Bucky Smith Podcast will be able to hear uh, to stay uh, throughout football season with a couple episodes a week. So exciting times! But all right, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, we've got a couple news, small things, updates to get to you guys before we talk about what's going on in fall camp. The first one being on the recruiting side. Recruiting's been a little quiet these last few weeks for Wisconsin football. Not necessarily a bad thing as there's been some some tough beats on the recruiting trail um, over the last couple weeks. Uh, but there was a nice interesting update for the Badgers in terms of defensive tackle Ashton Sanders um, out of Los Angeles, California. We've talked about him on the show before. You might be familiar with him. Uh, three-star kid. Previously was narrowed down to Wisconsin and Cal, took official visits to both schools and ended up, um, the Los Angeles native ended up staying and committed to Cal. Well, earlier this week uh, on Monday, he announced that he would be decommitting from Cal and looking into other options and possibly with Wisconsin being in his top two the first time around, it's likely that the Badgers are very much back in the mix. If you do a little investigation of his uh, Twitter likes, not to dive too deep into a high school football player's likes, he did like a tweet that uh, said on Wisconsin in it. So that might be an indication where he's going. It might mean nothing, but certainly something to look into. And I think that would be a really nice get for Wisconsin. Of course, Wisconsin's got two defensive linemen in this class already, uh, but Ashton Sanders was kind of a guy that they had a little bit higher um, than the other two that they have currently in the class. It's not a knock on Roderick Pierce or Jamel Howard. It's just Ashton Sanders, a very talented player, very good player, and it doesn't hurt to have a lot of big, strong, physical guys that you want on the defensive line to, to kind of help you, you know, nail, nail down those positions, especially, you know, Ashton Sanders likely more of a defensive end, um, while, you know, there's, there's other guys that you can move specifically to that nose tackle position behind Keanu Benton, who's going to be gone after this year. You've got, you know, Gio Paez, you've got uh, Curtis Neal, um, who was your, your defense or nose tackle last class, but you definitely can afford to have more bodies in that position. So taking three defensive linemen in the class isn't something to be that is, isn't bad or anything like that. To have three talented ones that you can trust uh, to play those three positions is, is certainly a good thing. So he has not announced, you know, any sort of when he'll be committing or anything like that. It doesn't guarantee that he's going to be back at Wisconsin. Um, it doesn't mean that he couldn't be back at Cal. It's just simply that he felt it was best for him to reopen his recruitment and make the right decision. And that's all, as a fan, you can really want um, from a high school player. The last thing you want is a kid to end up at a school that they're not happy with. So take that time, make that extra decision. We'll see if he ends up as a Badger. But previously, a, a kind of tough loss on the recruiting trail might flip over to a win, which would certainly improve the recruiting classes right now. Sitting at 50th in the country, uh, 12th in the Big Ten, which is kind of not an acceptable spot to be for Wisconsin football. And certainly there's a lot of commits still out there that will make their decision and, and hopefully boost this class. But right now you're looking at the recruiting rankings. 2023 isn't that far away. It's not like this class isn't going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be early signing period before you know it. And right now this class is still not where Wisconsin wants to be. And I think there's definitely some people that are starting to take notice that that and, and maybe scratched our head a little bit. It's not something that's super, super concerning right now, but there's certainly um, some worries from people that around the Wisconsin football program in regards to the class rank right now. And rankings only mean so much, but 12th in the Big Ten is not something uh, you should be sitting at for a, a program like Wisconsin. So 
Moving on down in terms of news stories, uh, the AP poll was released this week. Wisconsin coming in at 18. You know, really kind of right where everyone expected the Badgers to be. No overly big surprises. It seems like every season Wisconsin is in that, you know, 15 to 25 range, um, which isn't a bad thing at all. I, I think I like Wisconsin having those sort of lower preseason expectations and then exceeding those expectations as we've seen what Wisconsin do can do when they start the season, you know, preseason ranked fourth and, uh, and, and kind of have things fall apart. So the rest of the Big Ten, Ohio State comes in at number two with six first place votes, Michigan at number eight. Michigan State, for some reason, at 15. I don't really buy that team, as we'll talk about in our Big Ten preview. And then the Badgers at 18. A couple other teams did receive votes in Iowa, Penn State, Minnesota, and Nebraska, the greatest 3-9 and team in college football history. Future Big Ten member USC checked in at number 15 um, in success. Um, and that should be all for the Big Ten collection. So, what do the rankings mean? Really not all that much. We'll see how these teams kind of prove themselves over the course of the 2022 football season, but certainly a, a fair jumping off point for the Badgers moving forward. All right, now we'll go ahead and get into our camp chatter, but before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about homefieldapparel.com. Homefield Apparel is a great sponsor of ours. They are actually getting ready to wrap up their big new Saturday Season 4 collection. And unfortunately for you guys, if you signed up, you got Penn State last week and Ohio State upcoming this week. So hopefully you saved your skip toward the end if you're going to skip one of the big new Saturday collections as none of us that listen to this podcast, I think, can rightfully don a Ohio State shirt. But I'm sure the collection itself will be something that looks rather sharp for home field apparel, just not something I see a lot of Badger fans wearing. And rightfully so, that uh, Ohio State team has been a... A pain in Badger fans' side for for quite a long time, so I can certainly understand why it'd be hard for them to throw on a shirt from that fan base that uh, not a lot of Badger fans like. But if you are looking for some other collections, they do have a Wisconsin collection over there. Go over there, maybe check that out. Get yourself some new gear, getting ready for the season opener. Throw away that ratty old T-shirt. Get yourself something new for this new 2022 season. They've got plenty of collections. They've got sweatshirts and uh, crewnecks as well um, for once the fall crisp gets into the air and turns it around. Game days on Saturday, throwing on a crewneck will be a great option for you. So go over and check that out, homefieldapparel.com. ton of other collections as well if you're a person that just wants to wear cool college athletic apparel, but plenty of badger options over there on Homefield Apparel. All right, let's go ahead and get into the camp chatter now. We'll start with the running back room. There was a big panic from the collective um, on Monday, as Braylon Allen was held out of practice, if you follow you know any of the respected beat writers um, on Wisconsin football, I think every one of them fired off a tweet within a matter of 30 seconds saying that Braylon Allen was not available for practice on Monday. It does sound like the Badger faithful or the coaching staff are being extra careful with him. Um, just maybe wasn't full 100% and no sense. Uh, of putting him out there if he wasn't maybe just a little banged up doesn't sound like something that should be overly concerning but certainly a situation to keep an eye on but I don't expect at least right now to be overly concerned but certainly you want him practicing and getting reps in whatever iteration of this new offense Wisconsin has but not the not a huge injury concern um, to go at least 
start. And in turn, uh, from reports, it sounds like it's given Ches Belusi and, and tailback Isaac Rendo a lot of reps, a lot of chances um, for them to work in the fold as well, which is nice to see. Um, Ches Belusi, if you follow Wisconsin football on Twitter, as most of you probably do, um, they, they tweeted out a video of him busting off a, a really impressive run, showed good speed, which is great to see for a guy like him. Still coming off you know, last season, midseason, um, you know, a, a torn ACL, a major injury, and he looks like he's coming back and, and being better um, than where he was even uh, you know, before that injury, which is nice to see and gives Wisconsin a nice one-two punch. And then Isaac Rendo, a guy that's battled injuries throughout his career, he sounds like he had a couple nice runs as well. The speed has always been there. The athleticism always been there. It's just more so a matter of staying healthy. He's been nagged by you know hamstrings and other injuries and, and ankle injuries, but hopefully he's good to go because he's kind of a wild card in that running back room. I think you feel really good about what you have in the one-two punch, but if Garendo can kind of be a, a third punch, that could be a really nice piece for Wisconsin in that running back room. Moving on down the line now, the other skill positions, again, from reports, seem to be looking pretty good. You've got Skylar Bell, who's having a really good uh, fall camp from the sounds of it. Marcus Allen has been strong. Dean Ingram, sounds like he's caught quite a few uh, touchdown practice in the open media uh, pressers and skellies that way. So I think he's a really interesting one to watch in that room. Skylar Bell is as well. I mean, I, I think all of these guys, while maybe not household names to the average college football fan, if you follow Wisconsin football, there's been a lot of excitement around that group. And then Dean Ingram being thrown into the mix. Really good speed, good athleticism. If he can kind of blossom into what it looks like he could be at the wide receiver room, all of a sudden you feel a little bit better about this group. Now, of course, you have to get the ball to him. I know there's been some reports of the passing game being a little bit wonky and uneven, but there's been multiple other reports where the offense looked good in the passing game specifically was really looking like it was clicking and, and moving forward the progressions that you want to see. And I trust um, kind of those sources a little bit more than, than some others. So I, I think the passive game certainly looks improved and we'll see how that shakes out. It's hard to tell in a practice setting, but a lot of times in, in this practice setting, I, I know if you haven't, if you've never been to Wisconsin football practice, most people haven't. It's, it's not something that a lot of people attend unless you're a media member, but if you have, you've seen in the past where this Wisconsin defense can really kind of make this uh, offense kind of struggle. And there's days where the Wisconsin defense is really just dominating every other play. So to hear that there's you know kind of some situations where the Wisconsin offense has kind of taken over, that uh, is, is really exciting. And hopefully that continues as we move forward and closer to the college football season. In terms of up front, um, there has some updates on the offensive line. It sounds like in the last episode we talked about kind of a three-horse race for that right tackle position. It seems like that might be down to two now. Um, Nolan Rucci was one of the three. It sounds like he's been taking more reps as the second team left tackle and is maybe going to be more so a right tackle emergency player, kind of flip over, but Bob Bostad from his principles as an offensive line coach, likes to put a player in a place and have them work at that spot, which is the complete opposite of what Joe Rudolph did during his time there, where he was essentially you know, wanting all five of his guys to be able to play all five positions and move them around to have the best five on the field. And while that sounds great on paper, that is a lot to throw at a kid. So I think Nolan Rucci, if you project him as a tackle, have him work at left tackle, have him you know, maybe a secondary position, be working at left tackle, 
or excuse me, at right tackle and kind of flip between those two positions, that's a lot easier than having to know two guard positions, two tackle positions, and then, you know, having to try and snap the ball at center. So uh, I think this is really a, a good spot for him and kind of narrows the right tackle down to two other guys in Rodley Mallman and Logan Brown. It sounds like from everything that I've seen thus far, Riley Mallman is getting most of the first team reps the last couple of days it's been open. Logan Brown getting second team reps. And according to uh, Jeff Patrikas, it sounds like Logan Brown did leave practice on Monday with, uh, with a little bit of injury left off with the trainers. Not sure if it's anything there, if it's anything serious, but um, last report, it says that he did leave practice a little early to get maybe some work done, which again, repetition is, is there. Bob Bosa is, is a very big player um, on, on getting reps. If you watch uh, the camp series on YouTube, that kind of is, you know, Wisconsin football's version of, of hard knocks in a way. They talk about that the, the way to be better on the offensive line is getting reps after reps after reps. And it's not a fault if a guy gets banged up and can't go. It's it's certainly a tough situation for them there, but someone's going to get those opportunities to do so. And it sounds, it sounds like Riley Mullen is really running with those opportunities and, and looks like, at least right now, to be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of that right tackle position. So we'll see how that rest of that shakes out. Another update, unfortunately, for Wisconsin on the offensive line. Tanner Bordellini, who was looking like he could be a starting lineman at one of the spots this upcoming season, Sounds like he went down with an injury. He had been working as the number two center behind Joe Tipman. You know, Bob Bosa said, said he wanted depth at those positions. It sounds like Tanner Bordellini went down with an injury. That might be rather serious. We haven't got an update from UW officials, but it did not look good according to the sources that were at practice. So hopefully he can be back with the team soon. Until then, Sounds like Dylan Barrett, um, Trey Wedig has worked some snaps. Um, Joe Brunner, the incoming New Year freshman, um, has also been working at some second team positions. So that there's a lot of depth at that Wisconsin position, but a guy like Tanner Bordellini who could play center, could play guard, is is kind of a valuable piece that you could have as your swing offensive lineman with Cormac Sampson now no longer in the program. Bordellini seemed like a guy that could fill that role. If he's down with a significant injury, that kind of makes you a little thinner in terms of guys that you feel comfortable with going out there. There's no, you know, guys behind him, you know, like a Trey Wedig, like a Dylan Barrett. I'm sure they feel good about them for the future, but are they ready to go out there and really take snaps, you know, in in two weeks uh, against, you know, an FCS opponent maybe, but as you get into Big Ten play, Washington State the second week, I don't know. So all of a sudden that Bordellini injury is, is kind of a big one and something to keep an eye on as you move forward with this offensive line room. But we'll see um, when we get an update on that, we'll make sure to have it up on the website and hopefully it's nothing overly serious for him. All right, moving over to the other side of the football now. To be honest, the defense hasn't got a lot of attention in terms of what we've heard from the media. And honestly, that, that makes a ton of sense when you look at the offense is certainly looking for improvements. The defense, while it's got a lot of new faces, is is pretty solid. And I think this unit is expected to be solid. So not a ton in terms of, you know, who's been standing out, who's been flashing, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing as this defense is kind of business as usual. Um, from the sounds of it, the starters up front, at least at this point in season, no surprise, Keanu Benton at the nose tackle position on the ends. Sounds like it's been Isaiah Mullins and Rodas Johnson for most of that. No real surprise there. Um, linebacker, it's been a, a little bit different. Nick Herbig is obviously one of your outside linebackers. Daryl Peterson and C.J. Getz have been both been working at that outside linebacker position. 
inside still kind of a mixed bag. You know, Tatum Grass, Jake Cheney, Jordan Turner, all these guys have, have kind of worked in there. You'll likely see all three of those. Um, so, so far, it seems like that linebacker room has, has kind of been what most people expected as we got into the season. And certainly as they get closer to the opener, you'll likely see that maybe trimmed down to, you know, Herbig. You know, you probably are getting to the point where you're a pretty solid core there and you can rotate. You know, CJ Getz, Daryl Peterson can be your second outside linebacker. Turner, Grass, Chaney can be all three and work your three inside linebackers. It's more so how deep do you go into some of those rotations? Is there a third um, linebacker that you feel comfortable with on the outside, you know, with Getz and Peterson to kind of work their way in. Herbig's likely a guy that when he's, you know, caught his breath is going to be out there for 99% of the snaps, but how deep do you go on the other side? Is there a certain one that you use in certain situations? They might not quite know that yet, and we might not know that until two, three, four, five weeks into the season, what they're most comfortable with. You don't have preseason games to to kind of work some of those out and say, hey, I want to see what C.J. Getz can specifically do in, co- in, in you know in coverage. You don't know if Daryl Peterson, if, if he's primarily going to be out there in pass wrestling situations. So I think you're starting to see a little bit of who will be in that rota- rotation, a little bit more solidified, but who's out there in certain downs and just how much, still probably a little bit up in the air, but not a bad thing. You still have you know a week and a half before you even get into game week. Um, which is when things really, really crank up. Cornerback position, no surprise. Justin Clark, um, the transfer, Jay Shaw, the transfer, and Cedric Dort Jr., all three of the transfers from you know Kentucky, UCLA, and Toledo, respectively, have been getting reps there. Um, another one, interesting one, not a surprise to me personally. I think Ricardo Hallman's going to be a really good player for the Badgers. He has been, there's been uh, some other guys that have been banged up throughout the entirety of camp. Um, on and off. So um, Ricardo Hallman has been getting some reps there. He played a good amount last year and I think is is really going to be, you know, after this year, maybe he's a rotation guy this year um, and and maybe later in the season kind of works into that spot. But I think he's a really um, exceptionally talented player, friend of the podcast, you know, kind of announced his commitment on the podcast. So maybe we're a little biased here, but Um, certainly a player that uh, is really, really solid. And uh, I I like his game, and I think he could be a nice piece for the Badgers. Of course, along with, you know, the Alexander Smith is is going to be another senior kind of nickel linebacker for you there. So uh, plenty of depth in that room. No huge surprises, but it is nice to see Ricardo Hallman and those transfers kind of clicking. On the back end, Hunter Waller, John Torchio were kind of the first two out with them. Titus Toller, it sounds like he's been giving them some good depth and good energy there, as well as Kamoyla, too, the, the uh, Utah transfer. He had some nice uh, clips from Wisconsin football tweeted out for him as well. So nice to see um, all four of those kind of giving you some depth in that room because, you know, there was a time where we were talking about the safety room when Travion Blaylock went down with that ACL. You felt like the safety room was all of a sudden a little light. So to get Toller back, to get um, Kamoyla 2 in as a transfer, you feel a lot better about the depth of that room. Um, so certainly going to be a, a nice piece for Wisconsin um, there and excited to see what this safety room can do. Of course, there's been a lot of people very excited about what Hunter Wohler can do at that safety position. And I think he could be a really nice piece um, for the Badgers and, and might just kind of break onto the scene this year and, and no doubts in terms of who will be um, the starter. Preston Zachman, another player in that safety room, kind of been a pleasant surprise from some people at camp for him. So 
all of a sudden you feel kind of good about the depth that you have in that safety room moving into the you know closer and closer to the season who's going to be out there for your your primary parts of your snaps it's hard to say right now but it seems like at least to start you know that first snap against Illinois State likely going to be John Torchio and Hunter Wohler out there all right up next we'll go ahead and get into our first installment of position previews as I said next week will be offense and defensive position you know overviews previews kind of the whole nine yard maybe a little bit deeper than what we just kind of ran through um but first we'll go ahead and start with the special teams room and that's one I probably can just knock out by myself um simply because this past year the special teams room wasn't very good and i'll be honest i don't have a ton of huge expectations for the special teams room coming up this year. So when you look at it, the main thing that I think Wisconsin really needs to settle on is the kicker position. And, and you can kind of divide the kicker position into two separate spots. You can talk about um, you can talk about just kickoffs and place kicking. Kickoffs likely going to be Jack Van Dyke maybe to start, you know, because Colin Larsh, who was your place kicker last year, did move on to the NFL or, or pursuing you know pro football careers decided not to come back to Wisconsin I don't know if he has really a pro future in any way shape or form but decided not to come back to the Badgers and in turn Wisconsin you know had previously brought in Vito Calruso um, from Arkansas he was a transfer last year that handled the kickoff duties for the Arkansas Razorbacks however he's been banked up throughout the majority of fall camp and has not got a ton of reps so where he's going to be it's hard to say right now. He didn't handle the place kicking duties at Arkansas, and with him being injured, it's hard to know whether he'll take over the kickoff spots. At least, you know, if Wisconsin's kicking off against Illinois State on that first Saturday night, the likelihood of being the guy, unless things, unless he improves rather quickly and gets out there and starts getting some reps, it's hard to say that he's going to be. Um, so he's kind of your wild card in this in this kicking position room. If if he's not good to go, Jack Van Dyke, who did handle the kickoff duties last year can certainly you know, step into that spot and, and be the guy um, in that role. It's more so who's going to be your place kicker, which has kind of been a position that hasn't been great the last few years um, under Colin Larsh. So right now, you know, you've got Jack Van Dyke. Who, Vito Caruso didn't handle the place kicking duties at Arkansas, so who knows if he's, I'm sure he believes in himself and, and the staff brought him in because he was a capable field goal kicker as well. But if he hasn't done it at the college level, it's hard to just you know shoo him in there as a, a possible starter. And the same goes for Jack Van Dyke. So it sounds like, according to reports, that Nate Van Zels, the redshirt freshman out of Illinois, has been taking a lot of the place kicker duties. And so far, he, he's looked pretty good and, and not super shaky. Um, it, 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 I don't want to brag on Colin Large, but it can't really get all that much worse in regards to the Badgers um, in, the, in the kicking game. It's been a struggle for the last few years, really since Rafael Gagelin-Holney um, left the program. So you really want a guy that 30 yards, 40 yards and in can knock it through consistently. If Nate Van Zelt's that guy, more power to him. Get him on the field. Let's put the, the ball through the uprights and move on about our day. If he's not the guy, one of the three is going to have to be um, because they, they, they need a reliable field goal kicker or they need to, you know, be going for it more often on fourth down and, and not leaving those possessions to be, you know, just at dead empty possessions. So we'll see who ends up winning that battle. But it seems like at least right now it's going to be Van Dyke and, and Nate Van Zell's handling the place kicking duties, which is is 
Uh, Redrick Freshman taking over as a kicker is certainly one that is a little nerve-wracking, but again, can it get all that worse at that position? I, I, I don't know. It could be. It could get worse. Colin Larsh did have a solid season this past year. Not a great season, but was much more productive this past year. Um, but certainly could be better. And, and is a redshirt freshman that guy? It remains to be seen. Moving on down the line in terms of special teams, kind of depth chart, projection, everything there. Punter, Andy Vujinovic is your guy. Top 10 in punt yardage last year. Um, top 10 in punt average likely a guy that is going to come in this year and be even better and and that's a huge weapon when you talk about football in the Big Ten West you've got to have a punter that you feel good about and Andy Vujinovic uh, like I said was top 10 in the country last year a lot of those guys ahead of him in the top 10 departed for the NFL so it's it's very likely that he could be uh, much higher and, and be one of the top punters in the country so you feel really good about him again I know we've talked about it before on this podcast but an amazing story um, in him going from D3 to Buke my alma mater, um, up to Madison as you know, one of the top uh, punters in Division One football is really an interesting story. Long snapper, Peter Bowden, Duncan McKinley, battling for those two for that spot. Hopefully you never hear those names again because that means they all did their job and snapped the ball where they're supposed to, supposed to, and you can kind of forget about the long snapper's name because that's kind of a thankless position, a very important position, but the less you hear their name, it's likely the better. Kick return and punt return. I think this was a really interesting one. When you look at punt return, it seems like the situation is a little bit more clear. Dean Ingram fielded the most punts last year um, with 15. Jack Dunn, uh, the longtime punt returner, and, and really just, you know, not to knock on him, but he's really just a punt catcher. Um, didn't really have much in a return game for him. Is gone. Danny Davis gone. So it seems like Dean Ingram, given that he did it last year, was productive somewhat in that role, only averaged five yards of return. You know, Wisconsin hasn't really gotten anything from their punt return since Nick Nelson. Um, and, and if really at this point, my, the expectations I think are so low for the special teams that as long as they don't have any mental errors and mistakes and turnovers in that spot, you know, you'll just kind of accept that as just being a, you know, a net neutral and, and not having any negative. And if they make some positive plays, great. Um, I, I think Dean Ingram does have the ability to be a solid punt returner, but Wisconsin, it's just been years since Wisconsin's got any sort of productivity from that spot. I'm not really going to sit here and hold my breath and expect Dean Ingram to all of a sudden take over and be that guy or whoever they might throw back there um, to really up the game in terms of punt return. Kick return, Stephen Bracey handled a lot of it last year. He's likely one of your guys back there this year. Last year to start, Isaac Renda was a guy that was part of that kick return group with you know Braylon Allen and Chesma Lucy getting a primary parts of the carry, you, and you want if you want to put more of a physical runner back there, Isaac Renda would make a ton of sense to pair with Stephen Bracy. Um, we'll see. Of course, Devin Chandler was one of the guys last year that took a lot of the snaps. Aaron Cruxshank before him. Both of those two have left the program with Cruxshank over to Rutgers and um, uh, Chandler over to Wake Forest. So you're looking for a new guy there. Bracey could be Marcus Allen, Skylar Bell. Any of those bigger physical receivers with good speed could certainly be in that mix as well. But I'd say right now it's likely a situation of, of Bracey, Garendo, maybe Dean Ingram there. But you don't want to put him back there in too many situations if he's returning punts and kicks and playing wide receiver. As If he looks like a valuable receiver, it's kind of where you have to toe that line and say, you know, we want our best players out there on special teams, but we're trying to save them for injury. I know my old co-host, Matt, was always very big proponent on playing your best players on special teams. 
I tend to agree with that sentiment and, and I will see what the Badgers run out there. But I think right now the, the biggest thing is to go back to that kicker room. That's what you want to see get settled. It's easier said than done. You know, we've had kicking woes at Wisconsin for quite a quite some time um, these last few years, and who's it going to be is is kind of hard to know. But it makes a huge difference in terms of how you call a game, how you manage your team, and everything from there. So, who wins out in that kicker spot will kind of be the main storyline of that special teams room. But that kind of gives you guys a rundown on what it's looking like, what it expects to be. That certainly could change, you know, if Nate Van Zell's the kicker, Nate Van Zell's the kicker, and by week five, Vito Caruso could be the kicker. By week five, you know, Hunter Wohler could be returning punts. Who knows what's going to happen, but at least those are the projections for right now as we move closer and closer to the college football season. Um, we'll, we'll certainly get some updates from that, but it hasn't been a ton of talk on special teams. Wisconsin doesn't even have technically have a quote-unquote special teams coach with Chris Herring moving over to tight end. So someone's going to be out there kicking the ball. Someone's going to be out there punting it. Someone's going to be fielding it. But it still remains kind of a position that a little more murky than most. All right, switching gears a little bit now, we'll go over to talk about some basketball. As Wisconsin basketball finished up their trip over to France. They were 4-0 in that trip, which is nice to see. What can you really take from all of that? I, I don't necessarily know, but four wins is four wins. Um, and, and with a team that's got a lot of new faces, a lot of new experience that they're going to have to work through, it's nice to see that the Badgers are a team that uh, is, is playing well over there. The level of competition, hard to really know. But 4-0, as I said, 4-0 is 4-0. And the Badgers look like they have uh, certainly got some good team bonding in and played some good basketball over there. Um, winning each of those games. Game one by 15, game two by 12 points, game three by 31 points, and game four by 16 points. So both of them pretty handy wins um, for the Badgers. All the uh, the same kind of players look like they were playing well. Uh, Marcus Ilver played pretty well. Max Klesman put together a nice um, few games there. Um, Jordan Davis put together a few nice games over there as well. So this team really was just about getting some chemistry going well, and so far it seems like the Badgers uh, went over there and did that. There was some cool sightseeing for them as well. So we're far away from Wisconsin basketball season, but really it's uh, it's going to be here before you know it, and it seems like at least right now the Badgers are taking good steps to be back to what they want to get to once November rolls around and that season tips off. All right, guys, well, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to get into our offensive side of the ball preview, followed by our defensive side of the preview. Then we'll get into a Big Ten prediction and college football overall preview episode. And then finally, we'll get into our game prep episode. Exciting that we're finally at this moment. So we'll get back to the two games a week with a Tuesday recap, Thursday um, previewing the following contest, which is a lot of fun to get into that rhythm of the college football season. As always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.